Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello friends, I'm Don Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. My goal is to reinforce Christianity with the wisdom and words of Jesus, which incidentally are recorded in your Bible in red ink. Do you know what Jesus said, what Jesus did, and what Jesus said to do? This series is based on Jesus, his life, his friends, his ministry, and his relationship with his Father as recorded in the four Gospels. We'll delve into mysteries that have been hidden, not from us, but for us, in the words of Jesus. We closed our last show uh, in chapter 29 of our little book called The Words of Jesus that has been our guide through, the, through this uh, series. And um, there were some scriptures that um, I assume that the publishers of this book uh, felt unrelated to chapter 29 and just added them at the end here uh, under titles Jesus also said. But they are red ink, so they're good for us. Let's take a look at them now and before we move on to chapter 30. Jesus also said, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was there anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man hath ears to hear, let him hear. We have mentioned on several occasions the comment that Jesus made seemingly, continually, that um, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And uh, I think we've pretty well established the fact that he was not talking about our physical pieces of cartilage on the side of our head or the ability to actually hear uh, sounds and such. But uh, he's talking about to be able to understand. Is there anyone who can understand these things? Then let them understand. This actually was um, a mainstay, of a foundational uh, understanding, at least with Christ, when it came to him teaching what he had to teach, he made it very, very clear that everything that he said was not for everyone. Now that might come as a surprise to the conventional uh, Christian of today uh, because we are inundated with uh, messages constantly how what Jesus did, what he said, what the Bible says, it's for everyone. But uh, I assure you that that is just, that's theologically, biblically, scripturally, not true. It's just not so. Um, I know it's difficult. It, it, it's, much, it's much easier to believe that God loves everybody. He loves everybody equally. He loves everybody unconditionally. And that he wants to save the entire world. Well, I can't imagine God not wanting to save a particular person. Um, but I can easily imagine him wanting to save a particular person. 
It's just a slight reversal in our thinking for just a moment. And that is that it really doesn't matter what even mankind's endeavors are. Um, if a person perhaps wants to take a picture, they might take 20 pictures, but there's only two of them that are worthwhile. Um, it's one of the reasons why we hire photographers. They have the ability to to see pictures the way they should be. And um, I've always quipped with my friends that I am, I really appreciate good photography. I don't appreciate snapshots. And uh, I'm afraid that a lot of the human race out there, we are snapshots and um, not necessarily portraits uh, properly framed uh, with proper color correction and centering and focus and depth of field and all the kind of things that go into a really nice picture. Um, but there are some who are. They're just, uh, they're excellent people. And in, in a lot of cases, we're talking really about somebody who's just an excellent thinker. It's a person who has the ability to take in the same trash of life and deal with it in such a way that it, uh, it turns out to be good for him and good for people around him because he's got a proper attitude. Friend, this kind of, um, of character is available to you. If you're called of God, that, that kind of character is available to you. If you keep wallowing in the pigsty, if you keep messing around with the world and playing with the world and doing what the world does and letting them make up your mind and letting them uh, develop your philosophies, theosophies, and, and just the, your politics. If you, if you have that attitude that here I am, use me. Um, here's my brain. I'm not using it. You're welcome to it. You know, if you have that kind of sheeple mentality, you know, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Um, although there may be certain... Um, uh, portions of that kind of thought that are good in certain times, God expects us to be individuals. And he expects to reveal himself, and the word he uses is manifest himself, to a particular kind of person. I don't know how you feel, but I would be extremely disappointed if you know, we all have these, you know, this list of questions that we're all going to, you know, we're all going to heaven and we're going to stand before God and we're going to ask him why and he's going to tell us, right? We have these, these kinds of ideas that, you know, that's something I'm going to ask Jesus about when I see him. Well, you know, yeah, okay, fine. Uh, you'll probably spend who knows how long with your face in the dirt when you do see him. But um, you, you, I'm sure you can work all that out later. But we have these ideas of, uh, of going to him and questioning, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why do you let things like this happen? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? And um, I think that it's, it's going to be sad when we realize that... Uh, let, me, let me give you a, a, a human example. Paul was was speaking to the church and saying, there are many things that I would like to tell you, but I can't 
because you are carnal. Now this is a glimpse inside of what our God has to deal with when he deals with us. There are many things. You know, you, you might be sweating over some problem or some way something happened in your life or the fact that you couldn't handle it or didn't handle it or whatever else. But there's going to come a time if you pursue this, this line of uh, uh, going to question God and, and hold, him, hold his feet to the fire and make him give you a reason why, you may find out, and I think in a lot of cases it will be the case, that we were not in a position to receive that kind of knowledge or wisdom, um, even directions on the way out of a problem, um, you know, what to do, how to handle it, these kind of things that, that he longs to tell us. As I said at the opening of this, of this show, we get the idea that many things in the scriptures are hidden, uh, there's people that make millions of dollars teaching on, you know, uh, the uh, the false doctrine of there being codes in the Bible, and that all we have to do is figure out the code, and and we got it made. It's hogwash. I'm sorry, it is. Um, I've looked into it as as deeply as I can, and and there's no there's no reason to believe it. First of all, I can't believe that God has intention on uh, leaving the entire world in, in spiritual darkness until the computer was invented uh, so that we can understand equidistant letter sequences and those kind of silly things. We've talked about this before. Um, but it is obvious to anybody with a modicum of intelligence and an ability to read on a 10th on a grade level that there are things in the scriptures that are hidden we read them and don't understand them. We see them and don't understand them. And, um, and Jesus makes uh, no pretense that everything the Father has, everything he knows, everything that he has to give human beings is just there for the asking. And all you have to do is ask. And it's yours. Just ask him and you can have it. And there are scriptures that don't help in this situation when it says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that they give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not. And, and we get the idea that if we just ask God for wisdom, that we get it. You know, it's pretty much like, I mean, in, in our lives and in our um, communication with God, our relationship to God, it's pretty much like passing a pedestrian on the highway and you're doing 60 miles an hour and you ask him a question when you go by. It, there might have been an answer, but you didn't hear it. You didn't have time to hear it. It may be pretty much like um, asking somebody a question and closing a door in their face or shutting the window after you've asked the question. Um, it there are barriers between us and receiving these kinds of things that it's his pleasure, Jesus said. It's his pleasure to, to divvy out to all of his children uh, the, you know, the, the wonderful things of the kingdom of God. It's his pleasure to do that. So why isn't it done? 
I mean, why doesn't this happen? Why isn't this more common? Well, I'm afraid that the common understanding of Christianity is that you ask, and if you don't receive, you just ask again. As a matter of fact, there are people who uh, take great license with the Greek when Jesus says, ask and you'll be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock, it'll be opened. And there are people who have taken um, the Greek rendition of these words and stretched them to mean anybody who keeps on asking, keeps on knocking, keeps on seeking. These are the people that find. Not according to the scriptures, it's not. Uh, Jesus starts out teaching us to pray, saying that my father knows you have need of all these things. He knows. Uh, it's, it's almost superfluous to ask. Um, it's never superfluous to s- s- sit quietly before the Lord and say, explain this to me. I don't know what to ask for. I don't know how to fix these kind of things. I don't even, I don't know what you have in mind. I know nothing. Um, but I do want to serve you and I do want to please you. So, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, uh, take some time to, to hear what you have to say to me. This is different than just uh, spouting a list of demands. Now, the the idea that everything that the Father has is for us, it's for everybody, is an erroneous idea. The Bible says that many are called and few are chosen. If all were called, Jesus would have said so. He's not in the business of deceiving anybody or lying to them or withholding information. Um, He says many are called. If all were called, he'd have said so. And And of that portion of people that he terms as many, not all, but many, of that portion, few are chosen. And, uh, it, you know, this is not a mathematical equation because it, it deals in, in very vague terms, many, few, and such as that. But I think that if there is anything that is, you know, concrete about what we're talking about here, it is that what God has for his people is not for everyone on earth. Jesus says, This is the reason why I preach and teach with parables. I am able to expound to you the mysteries of God. And you, if you're in the right place that you need to be, can hear what I have to say. A person standing right next to you might think it's foolishness. He might not understand anything that's being said. Well, why don't you help him? Because it is given for you to know the mysteries of God. But to them, it is not given. That is just as clear as it can be. Now, most of the time when you talk about predestination, foreordination, pre-election, and all these kinds, and election of the saints and these kind of things, uh, it gets into some pretty hairy arguments. But you have to understand that any time that it, uh, it becomes, it moves into that area of difficulty, it's usually not because we have try, we're trying to decide 
um, that God has hidden some things from people and revealed them to others, but who he has revealed them to and who he has not. Uh, Jesus' advice to um, Peter was what? You know, when Peter says, well, what will this man do? He says, you know, whatever my will is for this man, what is that to you? Follow thou me. And I think that this is good advice in a lot of these areas. If you are called of God, if you have felt within yourself this desire to make peace with God, I think that you should pursue that with every fiber of your being. Because not everybody has it. Not everybody's got it. Not everyone is called. And... um, I, I, you know, a million thoughts are going through my mind at this point. I don't want to discourage anybody. I really want to encourage the ones who are called. Um, and for you to sit and wring your hands over the ones who are not called and wondering who they are because they're some of your grandchildren, because they may be your parents, they might be your children, they might be your friends and co-workers. You can sit and wring your hands over that if you want to. But my advice to you is the same Jesus gave Peter. What is that to you? You should follow me. And I believe that a lot of people, I I think easily a lot of people, could change in in their own minds their desire and direction and the way they think and and change all these things to the point that they're off track in their own life. I remember um, as the Lord was revealing different things to me about the scriptures and about some of the silly things that I believed, where they came from, and the fact that I needed to dispense with them, I started seeing that, my goodness, the, the church is in real trouble here. This is not just a matter of not believing right or you know, not following all the rules to a club or this is, this is very dangerous, some of the things that are being taught. And they have people walking around out there that consider themselves to be Christian. And that criteria runs the gamut from people who feel like, you know, are you a Christian? They think in their mind, well, I don't murder anybody. I'm good to folks. I, I treat people nicely. Uh, you know, I invite people to eat with me from time to time. I'm friendly. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Uh, there are some people that feel like that the, the question, are you a Christian, is asking, are you a Christian, Muslim, or a Jew? And so then they, then they immediately change their mind and think, well, I'm not a Jew. I'm not a Muslim. I must be a Christian. Uh, because you've got to be one of the three. Um, there are a lot of bad um, not necessarily reasons, but there's a, there's a lot of a bad thought behind uh, answering the question, are you Christian? Uh, I don't like to say a Christian. I, I never, unless it's just a, a verbal slip-up, ask anybody if they are a Christian. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. That's like asking if somebody is a is a moose because they belong to a 
Moose Club or, you know, or whatever club they happen to belong to. Are you a Boy Scout uh, or whatever else? It's like it's a name, a moniker that's attached to people who attend a particular church or have particular thoughts or desires in their life or whatever. My preferred question is not, are you a Christian, but are you Christian? There's a big difference there. Are you a Christian? Yeah. Are you a Christian? Well, what do you mean? Are you Christ-like? Well, I like to think so. People might answer. Well, you know what? I'd like to think so too. But that's, you know, this isn't about what we'd like. This is, I'm asking you a question. Well, how do I determine if I'm Christ-like? Well, okay, let's take a, a particular example. Um, Jesus is uh, being uh, persecuted unlawfully or for no good reason, or he's uh, uh, being uh, treated, as, as, as the Bible teaches us, that um, being, he's suffering wrongfully. We see how he acts in that situation. We see what he did. We see what he thought. We see what he said to people around him. Is that you? Or do you defend yourself? Do you stand up and say, you know, you're not going to talk about me that way, or I can prove that I'm whatever. And, uh, and, and you go into that defense mode. Is that Christian? Absolutely not. So are you Christian? Well, maybe I'm not. Um, the sun, it's, it's, it's Friday evening. Sun's going down. Sun goes behind the horizon. Um, what does that mean to you? Anything? Because I assure you that never happened that Jesus didn't take notice of it. Do you take notice of it? Because to him, that he knew that his father's instituted holy day of Sabbath was beginning. Everything changes on this day. We do not do on this day what, we've, what we do all week long. That's Jesus kept the Sabbath day. Uh, so you tell me. It's Friday night. Your friend calls you and says, hey, there's a great new movie on. You want to go watch it? You want to go with it? You want to go with us? You want to go do something? Whatever. Doesn't matter. Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. It doesn't matter when it is on the Sabbath day. I have to ask you, would that be something Jesus would do? You know, what would Jesus do was a you know, very common and, um, and I guess uh, well-advertised and uh, I assume ludicrous um, uh, operation. Um, did I say ludicrous? <laughs> was, that a, was that a Freudian slip? Um, I, I, what I was saying was is it was uh, very profitable. Um, and um, if we take our lives and lay them beside Christ and ask ourselves, are we Christian? It is a different question altogether as to, are you a Christian? Now, I say that to show you that it is, it, it is becoming very, very obvious, or should 
at this point becoming obvious to you that you have not been you have not been taught of the Lord. Because I assure you, he's not teaching you that the Sabbath day is on Sunday and teaching someone else that it's on Saturday. When Jesus says, I am Lord of the Sabbath, he had a day in mind. And if we were taught of the Lord, we would, you know, when Paul says, I would that y'all believe the same thing? Believe what? Your interpretation of the scriptures? Well, no, he wasn't, he was never that, that uh, heady or high-minded or, or egotistical to think that he had a corner on Bible interpretation. Matter of fact, when he wrote what he wrote, he didn't consider what he was writing as to be Scripture. Now, if, if he had that kind of attitude, I'd say that we should have that as well. We need to be taught of the Lord. And I, I think that the problem is, is that when we do open ourselves to be taught of the Lord, we essentially feel like that we're receiving nothing from Him. We have to start at the beginning. And that is that there are many things that are hidden, not from us, but for us, but friend, there are some things that are hidden from us if we are not called of God. This is why the church is full of lost people. Well, because the preacher goes around in the neighborhoods knocking on doors, inviting people to go to church. The Bible teaches that the Lord adds unto the church daily such as should be saved. You know, you want to go out and knock on doors and ask people to come to church. Um... And then I don't want to hear you complain that the church is full of lost people, full of, full of people that God didn't call. But there's a very good chance of that. Very good chance of that. Now, if he says, you have to understand that he says that, you know, what, the, what I am bringing to the world, Jesus is making it clear, is illumination. It is enlightenment. And my intention is not to hide it under a basket or under a bed, but my intention is to let it illuminate the whole house. And then he says, there, the reason for that is that there is nothing that's hidden that will not be revealed and that will not be manifested. Neither anything kept secret but that it should come abroad if any man hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, this, this is going into other areas. And I'm afraid our time is gone for today. We're going to take it up here again tomorrow. Uh, and we're going to stay with us until we get everything from this that we should have. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Can you tell me who you are and where you are, how you're listening to the broadcast? I'd love to have your questions and your comments. You can email me at don at thinkredinc.com or you can write to the ministry, Think Red Inc. Ministries at P.O. Box 718, Pytown, New Mexico, 87827. All right, till next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Inc. Ministries. 
Email don at thinkredink.com. That's thinkredink.com. Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.